What's going on, Fire Nation? It's your boy Rico, along with my little big cousin G-Baby and our boy Raul Lazuki. And we are the Friendly Fire Podcast, the hottest podcast on either side of the Mississippi. Episode 73, baby. Damn. Yes, sir. Shout out to Boris. Don't mean a thing if you ain't got that ring, though. (laughs) How y'all feeling today, fellas? Well, let's check. I'm doing good. A little tired, and I got class later on to like. That boy getting his education back on. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Zoom, talk to me. How you feeling, bro? Good, good. You got home from work. Yeah. Real quick, before, before we get into the before we get into the question of the day, I sent the guys a video in the group chat about how aggressive O'Hare workers are. Uh, and Zoo, can you just speak on you know your experience as a coworker of the TSA O'Hare uh, individuals? Yeah, they're uh... they wake up on the side of violence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they're either it's two there's two sides of the spectrum. Either they're yelling at you at four a.m. four thirty eight. They open at four fifteen a.m. But as soon as they start letting people, they're already yelling. Or you get the really chill workers. Where there's workers, because I've worked on really busy days, like on like during the Christmas time and stuff, Thanksgiving. They'll have like one of us go in the TSA line and direct people mm-hmm. to which TSA person's open. Because the TSA agent that scans your boarding pass and your passport before you even get to like the actual screening line, they won't call you up. If they you don't walk up to them, they don't care. Like some of them, I've seen them work, and this is like not me exaggerating. They'll work like you know when you used to read a book at school and you'll lay down with yeah. like your head. They'll work like that. They'll be like with their head laying down <laughs> on the actual desk. They'll tell you they'll be like scanning, and like they'll get mad if you don't know how to scan the boarding pass, and because uh, like if you make God forbid you make them raise their head to do anything, and then Can when you, you have me doing my job, <laughs> yeah, and you made me come into work today. Passport, <laughs> They'll just read it while they're laying down. And they'll look at you and look at you and look at you and look at you. And then they'll give it back. And then there's a specific way you have to pass that portion. You have to walk on on the left-hand side of them. But a lot of people don't know because there's two sides that are open that you can walk through. But if you walk through the wrong side, they'll Let's yell at see. you and they'll make you go back and they'll redo it again. So that's that's why they have us there on busy days to redirect people and tell them like what to do. Because the TSA agent won't they won't tell you what to do until it's time to yell, and then they'll like get they'll yell at you. You know how uncomfortable yeah. these latex gloves are. You need to c- lock it in. Do what you need to do. They got one my, value megaphone. <laughs> <laughs> I told my youngest sister to apply because she, you know, she has an attitude and whatnot. And right now she's like, <laughs> "That's a qualification." Hey, you yeah. need to just be mean. You got to square up with your with the hiring manager to see if you can even take the job. They gonna yell at you in the interview. <laughs> Who you think you're talking to? You're hired. I like him. <laughs> it just depends, you know. But yeah, they they'll yell at you and cuss at you or not. But like you and said, like everybody gets nervous. Like yeah. um, I think I told you guys. I probably said this on the podcast, but like our supervisor said, it doesn't matter if you are never graduated high school, you're in elementary, or if you're a, like a rocket scientist or a neurosurgeon. Everyone, as soon as they get into the airport, they forget how to punch. Like, I've had, like, the richest people, like, like the PhD, because they'll say on the reservation, PhD or doctor or whatever. And they don't know, like, how to operate once they're yeah. in there. They're like, I don't know how to work this kiosk. I don't know how to do to tag the back tag. And it's like, bro, it's like, literally just this peel here and stick it on there. Yeah. But everybody gets nervous especially through tsa everyone gets nervous i think honestly your brain kind of goes out the window a little bit because a lot you know you don't want it's yeah it's like the slightest thing oh what if i end up missing my flight knowing you got there four hours early to make sure you didn't but it's just like it's like no this isn't enough if i if i tag this wrong they're gonna make me go all the way back and mind you ain't nobody here like you said it's four o'clock in the morning but so Mugs be panicking. Mugs, and I, I'm, uh, I consider myself a very competent person. But sometimes I get to that kiosk, I'm like, dang, what is my last name? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you get to be sweating at the damn like cash register and people <laughs> behind you, and you be like, shit, you're like, man, this card, man, it's got three thousand dollars on it, but I don't know if it's gonna prove right now. It <laughs> said debit or credit. I don't know. What do you think I should oh, do? <laughs> <What's> the answer. <laughs> It's just simple things, man. You're the phone under pressure. No matter if you're a veteran of the airport experience or not. 
like the, I don't know what to do. Like, like I've had people were like, okay, like they missed their flight, but we could connect them to like a different city or they could go tomorrow or they could mm-hmm. take a connection flight. And they'll ask you like, I don't know. What do you think I should do? And I'm like, it's your money. It's your thousand dollars. <laughs> like, like, I'm not going to tell you to go. To a different <laughs> I would. <city. laughs> like, like, what do you mean? Like, do you have, do you know someone in that other city? Do you have a way to get a ride there? Is someone going to pick you up? And they're like, it's cause I don't know. Like, what should I do? Like, you, you, and they'll be like, you pick, you pick. And it's like, no, I can't pick. Cause if it's the wrong thing and you get no matter here, under my name <laughs> like it's your money yeah. so you pick <laughs> yeah, your, your, your decision um but yeah this, this should be a, a fairly light-hearted episode i'm my internet tweaking a little bit so if i drop out again i'll just be right back but uh let me get this question out of the day out the way what are your societal pet peeves whether you it's something you see a lot on social media whether it's something you're seeing a lot on tv some displayed in the news what is something like you, that makes you feel like an old man. You like ah, I hate this. Or I, I feel like like what like what what is your what is y'all thing? Like makes you feel old. Not like, even necessarily old, but just something you just when you see it. You know how like old folks just have the most random pet peeves. Yeah. So like like that. Like what is your just like random societal pet peeve? Uh, children running around and enjoying life. <laughs> <laughs> kids being kids is your me. pet peeve. Yeah, that's, that's when you know you're starting to get old. When you're like, "Yo, why is this kid running around?" <laughs> and his mom hasn't yelled at him yet. Like, like, the the not on? yelling at you yet that gets me too, because I'm looking at him like my parents would have had me snatched up before I got past the bathroom, and you all the way upstairs. Where are the parents? <laughs> I think like when people are in front of me in a line, and you ask like a question, or you're just taking too long. Like it's like, man, come on, you've been here before. Like, come on, you know what you're doing. You're like, get the hell out of the way. <laughs> or like self-checkout when you be like, oh, I need help. Like, damn, what you need help with? Like, it's it's a scan, damn. Like, okay. Yeah. It's like, bro, like. Like, it's this simple. And I'm not a genius, a rocket scientist, but it's a scan here, placing a bag in here. Like, what are you doing? Place it in the bag in area. Do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Like, what are you asking questions for at the bank? Like, do you got money or no? (laughs) Basically boils down to, I need to deposit this $20. (laughs) Make life simple, bro. Uh, I think mine is like the concept of role models nowadays. I'm (laughs) like, that bothers me to to a, a large extent because I actually saw, what was it, a tweet? I think it was- Is it the Wale thing? No, not even the Wale thing. I saw a tweet, and it, it's always recurring. They were talking about how um, I think they mentioned Dirk. I want to say they mentioned some <laughs> trap, some trap rapper. They were saying you don't want your sons uh growing up listening to Dirk and so and so, so and so. But you look, you look to people like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj who promote being a prostitute to be role models or something stupid like that. And my whole point of view is this, bro. Stop looking at niggas to raise y'all kids. I'm like the, the the concept of role model bothers me to a certain extent because I feel like it's a cop out. Now I do understand as obviously somebody who grew up in a household. Once you get older, you spend more and more time away from home. So there are outside sources that influence who you become. I mean, even like I had, a, I remember this girl distinctly. She had like the thickest accent. Uh, I think she was Puerto Rican. She had like the thickest accent when we were kids. As we got older in high school, it just started dissipating more and more and more to where it's not even the same person. And what gets me with the whole thing with role models personally is that, like I said, not only do I feel like it's a cop-out, but these individuals didn't ask to be role models. Like everybody knows the famous Charles Broccoli commercial. Bro, my job is to hoop. My job is to rap. My job is to act. My job is to do something else. It's not my job to raise your kids. I think, like, personally, I'll I'll, I'll put myself in it. I think I would be a pretty decent role model if I get to a certain stature. I think I I can set a decent example. But if I'm having a bad day, and for whatever reason, I just go off on somebody, and that's what gets recorded, oh, this is who you use to raise your kids. No, I'm not here to raise nobody's kids, but my own future kids. Like, don't use, don't, don't look to me to be the godsend, you feel know I me? Mean? It's like a, a role model should, you shouldn't try to be that person. Yes. Like the role model should be like, I just say our pops, look up to your pop. Like they're not perfect. No. 
And you wouldn't want to walk in your pop shoes. You wouldn't want to grow up dealing with what he got to do. But it's a good base. Yes. Like, if at worst, I can be my pops, then I'm cool. Yeah. I don't want to be worse than (laughs) my pops. (laughs) If I can be that, then okay, then he's a good role model. Mm -hmm. Me, it's like, what can Charles Barkley, like, what? I'm not 6'4". I can't play basketball. Like, what am I looking up to this man for? Mm-hmm. Outside of like, oh, I like him as a player. Or even to bring it to more closer, like you mentioned music, like Tupac. Like, you can idolize. You're not supposed to idolize anybody. But there's no way I would want to do that. <laughs> Tupac exact <laughs> There's absolutely no way. It's <laughs> So it's just like, in the aspect of when you have a bad day, it shouldn't be taken as, oh, this person's, like, uh, I should, they shouldn't be raising your kids. Of course they shouldn't be raising your kids because they didn't have your kids. And I live you should be your raising kids. your kids. <laughs> right. But it's like, oh, you shouldn't do that. It's up to the role model to be like, hey, Tupac was out here wilding. Mm-hmm. That's not what you need to be doing. You mm-hmm. see that, like, showing you examples of what not to do. You shouldn't just be like, oh, follow what Tupac doing. That's not parenting. Let's not do that. (laughs) Because you can be like, my role model is this, but you can, like, my brother is was my role model for a long time. And then it's like, I grew up and it's like, at base, if I'm better or worse than that, that's cool. But then at one point, I have to, like, follow my own path. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't follow his life down to the T Mm -hmm. because he was idolizing people that I probably wasn't. And you know, vice versa. You have to at some point do your own thing, but in the aspect of raising kids, you should be doing that, not letting yeah. the TV and music raise your kids. These iPad babies are something else, bro. They sure. are. They're going to be smart as hell. They're going to be smart, but they don't have any <laughs> interpersonal uh, ability. Like, I even, like, even my youngest siblings, like, I, they're grown, and I, we, I get on my youngest brother a lot. Like, bro, there's certain ways you can't talk to people, because you need to understand, now mind you, I'm only four years older than him, but I feel like a lot of our, it's a gap. gap. And it's a lot of things that changed between our our time period. Like it was just certain ways that, you know, I didn't have all the time a PS2, PS whatever to play on. It was no good. Get out and talk to people, get out and play and and all that. So you learn how to talk to different people. And me and Craig got on him one day was like, bro, you got to watch how you talk to people because you may not think, you're saying it in this certain way, but this is how it's going to come off. And not saying that, oh, my dad failed in raising him, but my brother spent a lot of time either on the game with his homies. They all raised the same way. So it's just kind of like, this is what you're around. And uh, Zoo, I'm, what, what you want, but I don't want to uh, drown you out. What you think? Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, I mean, same. Like what you're saying, like the social skills do lack. Because mm-hmm. like, I have my little cousins and they're, 16, 15, and the other one just turned 13 in October. So they're all teenagers now. But, like, sometimes I have conversations with them. And I'm trying to, because I speak, uh, I'm, you know, I speak Spanish and English. They can't really speak, like, hold a conversation in Spanish. So I'll talk to them in English, you know, whatever. But they can't even hold a conversation in English either. It's mm-hmm. like, and sometimes it's like, is it me? Am I just boring because I'm older? But mm-hmm. no, I hear them talk to their friends too. And it's like, very like a couple sentences it's like like comments like, like tiktok comments or twitter comments they don't go they, on they talk in memes conversations yeah. right now yeah they, they talk in memes they talk in you know w riz all mm-hmm. these like shenanigans or like punchlines it's just a bunch of punchlines and comments that's a, that's a good way to describe it. that's a great mm-hmm. way because you even said it yourself the attention span is like uh half a second now when I was joking about the Bank of America thing, you was like, oh, that happened this morning. I'm like, well, that's still, it just happened. He was like, no, attention span is two hours at the most. And other than that, that should be in a social studies book at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, because, like, so, like, for example, like, I always, I, basketball is, is usually where my heart is at. So I always think about basketball in terms of, like, when people want to discuss role models. So, like, LeBron James, for all intents and purposes, is usually, like, the pinnacle of like a role model within basketball or whatnot, because right. he don't got no, he doesn't have any major scandals. He loves his wife, loves his kids. He plays great basketball. Uh, and then he just, he just kind of minds his business. He goes and makes money. But if something was to come like, so say I'm a young kid coming up 
And this is this is the guy I'm watching on the basketball court. I want to model my game after LeBron. I'm six, seven as a freshman in high school. I want to model my game after LeBron. Say for whatever reason, a scandal does come out down the line. Well, that shouldn't all of a sudden turn away from what I'm looking for him to do on the basketball court. I may say, okay, I don't want to take his relationship advice, (laughs) but the nigga is probably the smartest person to ever touch a basketball. So if he's saying, oh, well, here's how I did X, Y, and Z, I'm not about to let whatever happened in the bedroom affect what's happening on the basketball court because this is the person to look to for that specific thing. There are people you should look to if you really are searching for a role model. Like Charles Barkley said, your teachers, firefighters, most doctors or nurses. Like these are people, these are usually good people who have signed up to guide and lead and such and such. Why are you looking at this guy who came from the hood, who came from all of these bad backgrounds, who's just super athletic to all of a sudden be the, the leader of the, of the new school, the leader of the church. No, raise your kids. Another <laughs> thing too uh, is the background aspect. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you want to be a role? Like somebody, a role model should be somebody that's either in or then made it out of similar circumstances than you. Mm-hmm. Like you can't look at like a kid born that was born into a rich family that ends up owning businesses and be like, man, that's going to be my role model. Cause it's like, y'all didn't have the same upbringing. Y'all don't have the same struggle, same fight. It's like different. And it's weird because kids in the <clears throat> kids in the hood, that's all they have to do is look up to Dirk and the young boys. Cause it's like, they're in my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's not too many people being doctors and, lawyers and nurses and stuff from this it's like that's the pinnacle of success mm-hmm. so it's like you understand that but it's a toxic mentality because it's not escaping the situation it's just prolonging mm-hmm. what it actually is because it, oh speak on that expand yeah. on that i like that expand on that because it's like like all right just say you're like you got a guy grew up in the project barely makes it through school, works his ass off, this, that, and that, and he becomes a top surgeon. Mm-hmm. Like a kid in there is going to be like, if he did it, it's possible for me to do it. Mm-hmm. But then you look at like the same kid in a situation looking up to like a little Dirk or a King Vaughn, and it's like, what is what is the end goal of this? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I forget who said it. 50 Cent said it, actually. Shout out 50. In an interview when he was rapping, they was like, when he first started rapping, he was like, the goal to become a major rapper was to drop a debut album, die, and then drop a double album. <laughs> he was like, that's how you had, to, and I mean, look at who did it. Pop, mm-hmm. Biggie, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was their role models, rapping. So it's like for Dirk and Vaughn and them, like, Vaughn's a legend. But look how that story ends. Mm-hmm. And so you're just prolonging it, you know, Oh man, they're getting the chain, rapping, doing this and all this, that, and the other. Like that lifestyle comes to an end at some point. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's not in the beach in Malibu and it's not in Europe. And you know, that's not what it is. It's not like mm-hmm. the doctor where it's like, oh, settle down with the American wife and this, that, and the other. It's like you're following this, you're prolonging the inevitable. Yeah. The inevitable, essentially. Like there's no escape from that. The streets always win. And, you know, funny enough, I was watching a uh, a recent G Herbo video. He came back to Chicago and he did a, a radio interview. And he kind of he, he, he spoke on that, like how his upbringing, like it, obviously it affects his his art. It, it, it affects what he talks about, but he still goes out of his way to find ways to give back. But then at the same time, he tells these kids from the same type of areas he grew up in, find somebody to talk to. Find somebody to be able to open up to because obviously, you know, in certain environments, you got to keep that in or they're going to take advantage of it. So he like is trying like to get them out of that mindset early because he understands that even if he didn't ask for this role, people do look to him as a role model. But at the same time, anything that he that may happen with him in the news or whatnot, this, that and the third, this is why it's still important to have somebody in your corner in general, whether it's a parent or a guardian, whatever, because. At the end of the day, Herb is still human. Dirk is still human. If they get into some shenanigans outside of music or whatever, whatever, that can't be, oh, well, I guess this is the path I got to go to. No, 
these are humans making human mistakes or human decisions yeah. that are leading to consequences. And I think like you were saying with people idolizing Vine or whoever else, like people don't, I feel like a lot of these kids don't fully grasp the the consequences have actions. I mean, the actions have consequences. Like the you, you put your hand on the stove, you might get burnt. Like you might not want to do that. And there's, I feel like there's not enough of that getting um, highlighted or like taught as much. And I think that's a, a got a lot to do with the lack of role models. A lot of, you know, you got parents working multiple jobs. You got parents doing what they got to do. Sit down in front of the TV. I'll call you when dinner is ready. So this is all they're seeing 24-7. And they go with their friends who are having the same thing at their home. So you got kids raising kids because we all watching the same thing. We all on our iPads. Like you, like uh, Zoo said, meme culture. We all speaking in punchlines. It's so... It's it's sad to see because it's like you want to like you want to be able to to, to hold a conversation with your 16 year old cousin that doesn't feel like such a gap in, in generations and such a gap in cultures. But at the same time, you understand, like, I can't raise your kids, even yeah. as a celebrity. These celebrities understand that they can't raise your kids. As, if I don't go out with the purpose of saying my goal is to be a role model to these young kids, then you can hold me accountable for what I do. In my opinion, if I come out and say, so like there was a, um, the, after the music stops, when um, a bizarre gets on there, it was like, we have a, a responsibility to these kids psych because they don't, it's like, we don't like we, 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 there's not, I come here to rap. I talk about the most weirdest stuff in the world and I make money doing that. That right. shouldn't be, who your 12 year old is looking up to. And when people tried to blame Eminem for the shootings that was happening in the early 2000s, Columbine and all of that type of stuff, or they tried to, um, I think it was a YouTuber called PewDiePie. I think that was who um, the Charleston shooter or whatever had like watched or something, something crazy like that. It's like, you still can't blame these guys. They're not going out. doing it. They're not going out on some Charles Manson stuff saying, all right, you should go out and do this. Then, okay, yeah, hold them niggas accountable. But other than that, these are people who didn't have proper role models themselves who are just looking for something. And this is how this is the avenue they decided to take. So it, it sometimes it's sad. But other times when I hear parents complaining about it or people tweeting about it, now I get mad because like now it's laziness. Now you had these babies. You don't want to teach them. You don't want to deal with them. There's too many people trying to be best friends with their kids instead of being a parent. So when, like you said, when a, a Cardi B, a picture or something gets leaked or she's doing a provocative video, oh, well, you got my daughter watching. Why is your daughter watching? Right. You feel me? Cardi B, ain't, Cardi B ain't never said, yeah, five-year-olds should watch my videos. <laughs> she's never said that. So why are so, we blaming her? And even Unless now, she, it's... Go ahead. It's easier. So I guess some people are like, oh, it's hard to monitor. No, because like everything... You can set child locks on everything, whether it's TV, your subscriptions, you know, on Netflix, it always tells, tells you, like, do you want to enable your kids lock? Same thing for Disney Plus, any games, literally on your phone, you could monitor what your kid's watching. All you have to do is when you get the phone, you let the service carrier know, hey, this is a kid, uh, can I put, like, the locks in place or whatever? So it's easier to monitor, I guess, what they're watching or doing without them knowing, like, as long as you don't have give them the password but for whatever reason you know it still goes around because like back in i guess the day would be saying now <laughs> it'd be easier to get around because there weren't any of those locks and if they, they did at least in my household like my parents weren't tech savvy or anything but now like the parents are parents now we grew up in technology so we should be able to know mm -hmm. how to monitor all these things maybe our parents didn't but now we should but for whatever reason still still not happening like the other day, like I just said, we had um, like my pet peeve was like kids running around, their parents not seeing anything. Like literally, I saw it at my job. This the mom had her kids on a leash, like the dog leash, and the kids were still running around, and and they got tied because it was twins. Mm -hmm. They got they tied themselves in the leash, like because they were running around, and the mom didn't yell at them once. I don't know if it's because they don't want to, you know, because everything gets taken as like abuse or anything. But like me and all our coworkers, we were like, our mom would have taking us to the bathroom at least we'd be like hey he wants to go to the bathroom and then <laughs> we would have came out with tears in our eyes but quiet and walking single file line 
you know. And I'm not saying you should, you know, like abuse your kids, but you know, uh, I, I'm I'm sure a, a stern talking to and a, maybe a slight pat. Abuse well, and di- discipline <laughs> needs to be justified. Like, I mean, because there's a lot where you can hit a kid and it's not abuse. Like sometimes a motherfucker just need a a like a reality check, you know. You know, you get to back talking. The thing is, parents don't instill that fear no more. <laughs> it's like my my dad, for example, like he never hit us. My mom was the damn assassin. But <laughs> but he if he yelled at if he hit us the way he yelled at us, we would die. Because it was just so much fear. Like this guy is gonna absolutely demolish us for doing anything, for any doing anything bad, but he would never do it. Like I always feared that. You know, my mom, I already knew I was just going to have to prepare for this ass whooping. It was just physical. But, you know, when your parents like the mental, there's no discipline in anything. You just, oh, just whatever, go to your grandma, go to this, this, that. Like, you have to discipline. I'm not saying you got to beat your kid half to death, but there has to be some sort of, like, repercussion for these actions. Mm -hmm. Because you you had the kid the other day, you know what I mean, attorney Grimm, what, the 12-year-old killed his mom because he couldn't play with the game like come on like what is this like what is that mm-hmm. like you should not feel that comfortable doing that to this person it's a lack mm-hmm. of discipline nobody's teaching these kids like you said a kid their babies raising babies uh-huh. i remember like when you just said that i remember like when our mom we were still young enough to get whoopings and whatnot if you even raised your hand to block okay it was like yo <laughs> Like you're blocking Mortal Kombat like at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's you like you might as well, I might as well choke slam my mom. It was the equivalent of blocking and choke slamming through a table or something. Like it, it went way out of proportion. But now, like you said, now people are comfortable talking back to their parents. And it's not just because, like, before the joke was like, oh, white kids talk back to their parents. But like now, at least what I'm seeing, like on social medias and whatnot, because, you know, I don't really grow up around kids to my little cousins. But now, like, TikToks and stuff, you get all kids of all races talking back to their, their parents. And hitting their and, parents, oh, fighting their parents, doing all that. When that happened. Yeah, it's, it's different now. I don't know what's going on with my camera, but, yeah. It's got to be something. It's you know, the mu- It's got to be the music. Because it's all, <laughs> it's got to be, because it's all oh, violence. And uh, uh, <laughs> uh, band hip hop. I blame television. <laughs> but it, it is. It's just because it's like everything you see or hear is pushing an agenda nowadays. You know, it was like back then cartoons would hide the sneaky stuff. Yeah. And it was like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Now they're just like out in the open, blatant with it. It's just, I can't justify because back then we were watching and listening. I saw Starface probably 17 times when I was six. So I was just like, <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we are just being the old heads at this point. Maybe. Maybe. I'm going to try to figure out my, my camera situation, but I want to move on to another topic that has been um, spiraling the TikTok universe. Um, Mindy Kaling um, from Office Fame. She had her own show. Uh, comedic uh, writer and producer, director, all of that good stuff. She has come under fire from the Indian community, essentially because this is... she. Um, just released a show on HBO Max, Velma, uh, where she's starring as Velma, like from Scooby-Doo fame. Um, and she continues with her trend of essentially making fun of Indian culture and, you know, who Indians are and whatnot. And India is tired of it. They are sick and tired of her acting up. And I want to talk on that, but then I also want to kind of further dive into discussions about, you know, minority writers feeling that they got to make fun of their culture to like an extremist extent to get put on tv uh we've seen it before um and sometimes it's done tastefully and then sometimes it's just like all right bro do you even like being (laughs) insert minority here so i wanted to get you guys's opinion on the overarching thing i'll give a little bit a few more details on the whole velma show i haven't watched it Mm. um but essentially what ended up happening was that people saw some trailers of it. And so she, you know, she's starring as Velma. She made Shaggy black, but Shaggy is not named Shaggy. Uh, there is no Scooby-Doo dog 
there's a black woman who goes by Scooby who's falling in love with Black Shaggy, apparently. Um, it's it's <laughs> adult. It's adult. They, they have, there's like more adult themes. They're showing murder and all of that type of stuff. And people are saying like, bro, this is not a good show. But what happened was that so many people hate watched it for the sake of having something to talk about that the review, the, the, the viewings went crazy. So now it's getting a second season for sure. And so people are kind of like at a point where, like I said, a lot of uh, Indians are tired of Mindy Kaling because they say essentially since she got her own show, everything was basically kind of targeted at her own culture. It's like the one of the first lines of her of her old show was about basically she like stereotyped an Indian woman like to a T, like every single thing. Why would I want to talk with her? Essentially, and this is Mindy Kaling saying this. You, you can't deny that she's Indian. Like you, you look at her, you see it. So <laughs> people are like, like, why do why are you so comfortable like doing this to your own culture? You have the money, you have the fame, you got all of this. Why why do you need to continue to like basically attack yourself? And I wanted to get y'all opinion on like minority writers doing that in general. And uh Zoo, we'll start with you because I, I, I don't know how frequently it happens. And I know I don't know if y'all feel like George Lopez. I know a lot of Hispanics love George Lopez, but I know I don't know if it that y'all feel like he sometimes toes the line or if it's just funny enough. Like what what is y'all ideas behind it? Uh no, I think we all love George Lopez. Okay, that's good. That's uh, good. Like George Lopez, Enrique Iglesias. Uh, you know, he has that show. I have watched, oh, I watched only the first season. I haven't watched the new seasons of the Mr. Iglesias show. That's a good we show. Latino <laughs> that's a good show. And there's like other shows like that where like there are, I guess, quote unquote, Mexican stereotypes. I guess George Lopez is the one who pushes it the most because he does like every, almost every other joke is like, um, like Mexican related or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, at least I haven't seen that people don't like him because of that. I don't know if it's because, you know, Mexican culture is more like we all like make fun of each other mm-hmm. since we're kids, since like our parents make fun of us, our grandparents. Everyone, I think a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month now, when I messaged you guys the, the Hispanic name thing, yeah, like make sure your your kid's name like <laughs> translatable, because we'll just make up a random nickname for you, even if you don't like it. And it's like one of those things where I guess people don't get offended. I sent you the other day, I think it was yesterday, the whole Latinx thing, where everybody like every Latino hates it. We just want to we're like Latino, Latina, even. Like the LGBTQ community is like, no, we're Latino, Latino, just like let it be. Like, <laughs> like we 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 honestly don't care. So I don't know if it's because of that, like the way we're all raised, like just making fun of each other mm-hmm. to the point where I'm not gonna say nothing offensive because I'm sure there's plenty of things that offend people. You know, there's things that offend people everywhere, mm-hmm. but like not to an extent. Like Fez, he was he was Latino and he got made fun of for being, you know, a foreign exchange student. His accent. He got made fun of for living in the third world country and everything. Right. But you didn't see like people making like bulletins and petitions to get him removed from TV and whatnot. Like, sure, that was in the '90s, so maybe it was a little different time. Mm-hmm. But still, like, he just came back. Uh, I haven't watched the show yet, but still, everyone was excited. Like, oh, Fez better be there. The- <laughs> and he's a hairdresser now, at least from the trailer that I saw. So he's like another uh, Latino stereotype, but like a gay like. Well, I, I don't, he's not gay, but he's like, you know, towing the line, I guess, where he's a yeah. uh, hairdresser. And I've never seen people, like, get mad at that either. You know, there's a couple, like, the machete guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Danny always Tr- stereotypical. Uh, Danny Trejo, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's always stereotypical. He plays the same role every time. But no one's ever been offended at that. You know, you have the Hector's. Every the, every movie, every bro, movie has a Hector. Bro, a, a it's game the same dude. And I was like, like, yo, get him out of here. We were building statues of him. <laughs> we're like, yes, yeah, the guy. <laughs> and so I've just never seen personally, like, that people get really offended of anything like that. Uh, okay. At least not in Latino culture, as far as I could tell. Okay. I'm sure there is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, it's like you said, it's always somebody. But, like, even when you talked about the whole uh, uh, Latinx thing, if the the alphabet people are saying y'all doing too much, then it's like, all right, y'all need to calm down. <laughs> y'all doing too much, clearly. Um, G baby, what do you think about the uh, the whole thing? Because we've seen it in in black culture. I mean, everybody's gonna joke on your own race. That's kind of like just a gimmick. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. know. But like prime example was like George Lopez is because of the setting. Like he wasn't like a Mexican. He was a Mexican in that show, not mm-hmm. a Mexican stereotype. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he, it was portraying a Mexican Mexico. family. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was, hey, oh, where's some Asians and tamales? It wasn't like that. It was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like, this is what a Mexican dude is. Yeah. This is how he's talking to his friend. He goes to work. And of course, he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, Pastor Caviar and shit. No, it's he's a Mexican dude. It, it mm-hmm. was a portrayal of a Mexican. It never came off as disrespectful. He wasn't like, oh, I hate Mexicans and blah, blah, this, that. No, it was just, I'm a Mexican dude living life. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. And when it goes a little too far, like when just say that show is set in like a super hospital environment area. And he's the Mexican doctor that's like, hey, Holmes, he didn't have too many surveillance. <laughs> you know, if it's that, then it's like, all right, come on now. Like, yeah, it's a Mexican doctor and he's doing he's doing too much. Like, just to say it was a black dude. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yo, cuz, what's this? And, you know, I mean, you're going to die, homie, and shit <laughs> like that. Scapula, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not how a doctor would talk. Yeah. It's different if that show is this inner city hoodlum got mistaken for a doctor and now he's too far in to you, you then you can understand it yeah. but if this dude is george lopez accredited md with a phd and master i'm pretty sure he knows how to talk to his patients you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. like george Lo- like even my wife and kids it was like he was just a black dude he was just a black dude in connecticut it wasn't <laughs> no damn he's super black he's super it was just a black dude he had a job he had kids and that's all it was. He talked shit about his family. The same thing George Lopez did. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so highly appreciated. It's when you get to the black issues and it's like... That was going to be next. That was going to be next. telepathy in effect. We out here. <laughs> it's like, oh man, yeah, I'm black and I'm famous, so I'm going to get all the Jordans and oh, we don't eat chicken that's not unseasoned and blah, 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 blah. It's like, you're pushing this black agenda too much. Instead mm-hmm. of just being a rich black dude, you're like a rich black dude that got to have all the Jordans, got to have all the rap CDs and all the references and bring up this and bring up that. That's when it becomes the stereotype. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things as well is I think what my wife and kids did really well with a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air did really well. Even Martin to a certain extent um, is that the show in and of itself was just about this is a, a middle-class working father with a loving wife, some kids dealing with day-to-day stuff. My son ain't doing the best in school. The other one got a little boyfriend at five years old. The <laughs> other one, she a little slow, but that, that was kind of just like a everyday father thing. It, like right. you said, it wasn't, Oh, I'm a black dad. It's I'm a dad who happens to be black. And that's yeah. what I like about, with that that's the type of minority right now. Like now, I also like the Wayne's brothers, which was obviously in the 90s, so it's a little bit different. So yeah, they're talking about roaches and dead and EBT cars and all that. That's funny. That that that's funny, but, but it was you, like look at the context. They you understand broke. what it is, you understand right. that. Yeah, you got one brother sleeping on the couch dealing with bed bugs and stuff. That makes sense in right. its own realm. But when you are writing just a show, like and I don't really I I wanted to like get into the the ish uh cinematic universe just to see like how big it is because one one thing I don't want with any any minority but obviously I can speak for for black cinema is I don't want every episode either being stereotype heavy or being a lesson you feel me balance it out don't everything I feel like every episode don't got to be the father having to talk with his son you are a black man in America so you need to understand what that means he every now and then, maybe once every seven episodes, I get it because you know kids, we we they don't be knowing stuff, they be forgetting. Right. They for, but like if, if if every episode is just yeah, this is what it's like back when my grandfather worked on the plantations. It's like no, no, we don't need that. You feel me? Like that's yeah. not that's not necessary. But on the flip side, if it's more on the comedic effect, don't everything gotta be like watermelon and Kool Aid? Like it's cool if that's in it. I don't care if that's in it because that's a black experience, but don't let that be the punchline. Let it just be what's happening. 
we having a conversation about the weather. I'm just so happy to be eating watermelon for whatever reason. Right. Like it's just, it is instead of it being the focus when it's the focus, I think that's where it loses me with most Ooh. minority uh, cinema, because it's like, just let it be what it is. Right. That, that, that's kind of where, that's kind of where my head is at with that. It, it, Why do you I, think that is though? Because you know, like like you were saying in the nineties or the early two thousands, like my wife and kids, mm-hmm. the Bernie uh, Mac show, that was another Prince, or, or even like like even like Family Matters. You know, it's the middle class family living on the south side of Chicago. There weren't really any episodes like saying like, "Oh, this happens because we're black." Because like even the gun violence one was like, it's just gun violence in Chicago, but it didn't mm-hmm. specify it's uh, just black people. And same thing, the only one was when uh that sergeant was a little like racist the cop yeah like to eddie. yeah to eddie but that's literally like the only episode that really dealt with like racism do you think that's because oh i'm not sure the writers were like i have to look it up but i'm sure there were more white writers on that staff than maybe there is now or do you think it's because the white writers that are now making shows are like co-producing the shows or like because at the end of the day they're the ones who have the voice like the, the they have the say so and what to say do you think they're trying to overcompensate like being That's a great overly question. kind of woke i guess nowadays or is it the black creators who are pushing it or is it just like a mixture of both i think it's a mixture of both simply because so like with damon waynes and bernie mac they're obviously mostly in charge damon waynes got a lot of his family and as writers and producers and whatnot for my wife and kids. So I'm sure he went into it like, okay, I know the black sitcoms of the 90s. I was there. Like I was, my, my little brothers did it. I've seen all of this. I've seen this firsthand. And it's like, no, nah, let me just be a dad who happens to be black. So when you write, you can just write about daily shenanigans that happen in a middle-class family. It doesn't have to be, oh, what was me? Because to my knowledge, I don't think my wife and kids ever had like they had heavy episodes. I don't think they ever had ever had like a, a, a race heavy episode. Like you said, Family Matters had, I think, two. They had one when Laura was trying to get like some black initiative started at her school. And then the issue with Eddie getting pulled over by the cop. And it's just kind of like besides that, here's your daily hijinks of the week. And I do think now because of woke culture or whatnot, uh, but also because I think there are black writers who feel that if they don't write about this type of stuff, their show won't get put on the air or it'll get canceled early type of deal. You have these right, these black and these black and brown writers who understand they're the minority in this field. So if I'm writing something, it either has to be woke or it's got to be funny as all get out. And if I go with the woke angle and you cancel it, now it's, oh, you don't want my message getting out. Right. So but then you could be too awake too. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I that that's the I don't want because I, I I've honestly I've thought about getting into like script writing, maybe taking a class or something. But like one of the things that I, I don't think I would ever want to do, like with my show, like if I was to write a show, I feel like it needs to be so good to where my race doesn't matter. If I like my wife and kids. If it was just somebody casted Damon Wayans for this role, you wouldn't know it was written by black people. I feel like within within the context of my wife and kids, you could just look at the script and be like, oh, this is just a great show. You know what? You brought that up. My wife and kids. And what's the other one? Uh, Married with children. They're the okay. exact same show, just white and black. You could switch them mm-hmm. and it would be the exact same thing. Married with children, you had the dad that talked shit about his family and talked shit about his wife. They went to work, was a hardworking guy. Oh, was, I was an athlete in high school that didn't pan, you know, had his little shit. And if you put Damon Wayans in that same show and Al Bundy in the other one, it's the same show. It's still a great show. Mm-hmm. And that didn't matter. Like if he had, uh, if he was black with a white family, mm-hmm. then that's just more jokes. Because as long as you can see that, he's the father. Yeah. Like when his son, if his son and kids acknowledge him as a father, as their father, then you can have the show. Mm-hmm. It just seems like when you write a sitcom, you focus, it's a situation comedy, but you mm-hmm. focus too much on racial situations <coughs> and yeah. forget the comedy aspect of it. 
like the like the deep episodes of the Fresh Prince, like when they got pulled over and went to jail. Mm-hmm. Like it was a deep episode, but that episode was hilarious. There was a lot of funny stuff in that show. They in was that in episode the for real. With that dude, and he was singing all. Himself. One is the loneliest <laughs> number of all. <laughs> like it was twenty one minutes, and you might have had four to five minutes that was like, all right, we gonna buckle down and get serious. Mm-hmm. Like I'm Uncle Phil, black or white, I'm a judge. You know what I'm saying? You gonna respect me? Yeah. Right, and then you had the effort part at the end when Carlton and Will had their little. No, they pulled us over because it was the black brothers in the bins and blah blah blah. You mm-hmm. had that. But the whole episode was jokes. Yeah. You know, even the episode where Will got shot, and he flipped the table. He was, I was man, I want to eat that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was jokes. And you just, when you focus too much on it, then it takes away from the show. Because it's like, oh, here they go with this black agenda. Here they go with this. And, oh, we were slaves. We get we get it. Yeah. Today, I see you. I know you have to push that for today's generation. But with the attention span so short, when you're mm-hmm. focusing on that, that's all the kids are going to take away. Ah, that's just another Black Power show instead of it being a funny show. Yeah, I think that's 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 the, the thing for me. I want more Black and Brown writers to just write good shows. Uh, Abbott Elementary, it's a great good show. show, great show. Black cast for the most part, and the one, the two, the one white uh guy he tries to be woke, and that's the running joke with him. Is that he right. tries to like super be an ally, but the show in and of itself doesn't focus on oh we some poor Philadelphia school like yeah we broke like that that's the joke we ain't got, we ain't got the right books here that's the punchline onto the onto the next thing exactly it doesn't fo- it doesn't say oh Quinta Brunson's character is so broke or or Gregory is no it's this, this is the school the school has these issues but outside of that I'm well educated I got this got all of these guys are college educated. Right. So it's like they have they have interesting stories behind them. And I think that's one thing. If I could like challenge these these artists, these writers, bro, go back to just being funny and the right people will see it. HBO is making a real push to get more black and brown writers on TV. These shows, these like Hulu's and all of that, like Atlanta it's just it's like, what is Atlanta about? Nobody, nobody truly knows, but it does so well in its own shell. And what it does, it does the same thing that what Lil Dicky's doing with Dave. What is Dave really about? It's just a funny show. It, it's like, it, like white people are allowed to just be funny, and I, I wish more black and brown people felt that they were just allowed to be funny without it having to be an agenda or without there having to be something super woke behind it. Now there may be some stuff going on behind the scenes that we simply don't know about. That it is the higher ups. Like, well, shoot, this ain't got a message for me or you not popping fried chicken and eating and drinking Kool-Aid every other episode. I don't want it. Then that's a whole nother thing. But like with a show like Southside on on HBO, this is literally a show about nothing. Each episode is something completely something completely different from the episode before. It's just we happen to be on the South Side. So we got we got Simeon references, Harold's references, uh, all of these this different type of stuff on the South Side. On the south side, but that's it. The potholes. Okay, everybody from Chicago can relate to the potholes situation. That's it, though. It, you don't want to be by the United Center talking about, yeah, man, because Michael Jordan statue because of Malcolm X and all this. You don't want to hear that shit. I'm trying to hear that, bro. I Tell me a joke. Like, Tell bro, me a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. All right, we get it. <laughs> so be funny. At some point, you got to just be funny, and that's the thing with like Martin, like you said, when like that show, he was bashing white people. Mm-hmm. Remember that whole skit when the plumber died and they called the police <laughs> and it was like, what's the, what do you put on a sandwich? And Cole got the ball, he's hot sauce. <laughs> and they hung up. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? White Bob. Or Mike, Mike, from, Mike from accounting. He was, whoa. You know? Oh my God, dude, yeah. <laughs> you making fun of white people. They're not going to let you go crazy, but mm-hmm. that's what it was. You know? My wife and kids, they would get their little shots in. Yeah. Their friends would get their shots in. Well, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Hey, man, when's your next album coming out? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Like, just let the, like, hang with Mr. Cooper. Like, these are just shows that just star black people. That That's really You just got to make, make good sense. Just like, get the jokes off. Yeah. I, it's yeah. Funny, be funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I do think we're starting to see more of a resurgence with that with people like Quinta Brunson and people in her class that came from internet funny 
and are starting to make that transition, I think we're going to start seeing more um, pushes towards that. Because, so, like, even, excuse me, this is one of, like, a lot of people's biggest pet peeves with, with, with King Batch. Once he made the transition to Instagram, everything just started to seem real stereotype heavy. And I grew we grew, I grew up on King Batch. So, like, he always got a certain, like, level of stature in my eyes, especially as somebody who does stuff on social media but i understood where they were coming from it's like all these other people are starting to make this transition to acting or stand up or whatever else and it seems like you a little too far behind you need to start you know you gotta lock it in basically like it's time to it's time to get back right so yeah you gotta focus and so when you see somebody like a dc young fly getting hosting roles or getting more and more little movie spots here and there. You're proud of them because you saw, we saw the, the goofy stuff. Yeah, this is me with my roaches in my bed. Like we, he got videos of him. And now you seeing him grow. You see him go out of his way. If he decides to start writing stuff, you know that he's gonna probably have like his hood comedy stuff, but he's growing as a creator. So right. as these, like I said, as these internet, more internet comedians start to grow, I think we'll start seeing more of a resurgence. I just want to see it continued. I don't want them to keep going back to the same four people who are going to keep writing about the same problems. I'm not trying to hear another sad Tyler Perry story. I, right. I, like, I don't want to see another Kenyon Barris thing about, uh, you know, just, oh, well, me being black with this, my light-skinned wife and all of that. No, like, let's mix it up. Not saying that these guys are bad writers or not, but, like, challenge them to mix it up. A lot of them, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You got a whole, like I said, ish cinematic universe at this point. Switch it up. Challenge yourself. So that's all I want is our people to start challenging ourselves more to not feel like we got to bend. Either way, whether too woke or too stereotypically. And just in general, like the genre of like comedy, as far as like TV shows, I know we've talked about it, like just in general, but it just seems like, like adult humor. Like that seems like to be where it's at now is like the adult humor and the dry humor. It's like over the top. And it's like, they need to kind of ground it. Cause like mm-hmm. the Velma show, it just seems like over the top. Like mm-hmm. there's no way you can't get that show off with less cussing with, like, I get it. It's an adult Scooby-Doo, but every other word don't gotta be a cuss mm-hmm. word. It doesn't have, you're doing it for the shot. Value. And that's crazy that coming from you. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you understand, but then even at some point, it's like, uh, okay. Like, like sometimes it, yeah. sex jokes, cause it's like Martin, like Martin Lawrence, perfect example. His standup, you so crazy. It's one of the funniest mm-hmm. ones I've seen, but like the last 20 minutes is like all sex jokes. So you're yeah. kind of just like, oh, okay. Right, bro. It's like, all right, bro, we get it. Women have periods. We get it. Like we get it. Like, Speed it up a little bit. And it's just like with these adult shows, it's even the Harley Quinn show. I don't know if you ever checked it out, mm-hmm. but it's a great idea to oh, focus on a villain. You know, the villain aspect of Batman, but it's just like, who's she having sex with this week? Like, who's she going to blow up this week? Mm-hmm. What drugs is she going to do this week? And it's just like, you could tone it down. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. They might curse... What what's his face? Uh, what's his name? JB Smooth. JB Smooth. He might curse four times that whole episode, mm. and it's not ridiculous. But it's like I get it. It's like it's an adult show. You can have adult concepts without cussing mm-hmm. so much. Like I mean, you do need sometimes to get points across. Yeah. But it's like the cartoons, and now it's just all in your face. Every other word. Every other word. It's like watching Superbad. It's a great movie, <laughs> but it's like damn. Like <laughs> Jonah Hill got hit. Jonah Hill got hit. He got them all. all. <laughs> <laughs> it was like every other word, bro. That whole Dude, that whole Mick bit. Recently. That that McLovin yeah. bit is like three minutes long, and he he easily times, got off like minimum. fifty. 50. <laughs> <laughs> they was back to back to back at. <laughs> I, I love the movie, but like, damn, can you? I'm gonna go watch that again. Hey, that was that part was hilarious, bro. Oh man. Zo, you got any final thoughts on that, or like what maybe you you hope to see looking forward uh, within cinema from minority writers or writers in general? No, just good shows. Like, uh, like we, I mean, we've said it here before. Shows like original shows, we don't have to reboot the same thing and just change their race to Latino <laughs> or, yeah. or black or Indian. Like, like give me a new like they could have done a Velma show. 
what, Scooby's not there. Shaggy's yeah. not Shaggy. They could have just done a show, like the same show, the same script, just change their names, just make it its own thing. Like yep. obviously, I know they use Velma to the property, you know, bring yeah. bring yeah. the original ratings in and whatnot. Because now everybody's gonna be like, oh, it's like a adult Scooby Doo show. I guess we have to watch it. So <laughs> I, I know, I know that's why they did it. But like, I feel like one people would be open to it more if they made it its own thing. And I think even people would have enjoyed it more if it would have been made it something. Even if they would have kept the same. I know you said that people are tired, of like the Indian, Indian people are tired of like being stereotyped, especially by her. But mm-hmm. I feel like maybe they would have been a little bit more open to it if it wasn't Velma. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if all the eyes weren't on it already, it would have been like, all right, whatever. But then again, we wouldn't be talking about it right now if it wasn't Velma. So True. I guess they got what they wanted. Yeah. At the end of the like- day, at the end of the day, it's all ratings. So just show Velma when she's not doing the mystery gang stuff. Yeah. Let her be her own Velma thing. going to her regular job, having regular friends, and at the end of the episode or every couple episodes, hey, the gang's getting back together. We got something to solve. Mm-hmm. Rather than yeah. just like try to mix and mingle the whole thing in there. Yeah. Because I mean, in, in the original school, we do, she had a job. She worked at the library, I think. Mm-hmm. So like, show that. You know, yeah. Show Shaggy and Scooby and they're getting high in the back of the library. She got to deal with that. Yeah. Or Fred and uh, whatever. Daphne. Man, Daphne. They're doing stuff in the library. Have it focused like around that. Mm-hmm. Like her life outside of the mystery machine. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's actually a really good idea. I mean, like, you be thinking <laughs> when you, when you think you think I'll give you that for sure. Uh, is there, is there anything else uh, before we get up out of here? One no, thing not really. Just, just Go ahead, Tim. Congratulations to Mr. West. It's a merry man. <laughs> <laughs> How, Talk about it. Talk so, about it. <laughs> who, so this is like uh, somebody so used to work for him? Like, what happened? I don't even know her name, honestly. But she's like a architect, I guess. Okay. A studious mm. college graduated. How long is this going to last, Rico? I'll give it a year. I'll give it a year. I'll give it a year. Come on. I'll give it a year. I don't know. Chanel, what's her face? She what? But she got a whole month. What's no, we talking about we we talking about marriage. We talking about marriage now. He 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 tied the knot. He put a ring on it. Man, this he don't know nothing about this girl. She (laughs) married him just for the headlines and follow. That's all she did. He definitely called her Kim in his pastime on accident. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You gotta type. All right, that's funny. Uh, what you have? No, I was gonna say, um, just for last week's pod, I didn't bring it up, but what are some things that you would like to leave in 2022? Whether it be conversations, just uh, videos, people, just in general, like what? What do you think? Um, we should leave okay, that? we definitely need to leave the the like the mall videos where like you touching somebody, girl. And because then if you get clapped up, it's going to be an issue. You need to stop pranking people. Yeah, you get pranks. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> the prank videos need to stop when it's not people within your circle. Prank your mama, your daddy, whatever. Oh. They, <laughs> it should have. But like a lot of that, need, a lot of that really needs to, to be done. Um, I'm, I'm tired of 50-50 conversations. You either are or you aren't. Okay, that's between you and your spouse. This, the world doesn't need to know whether or not you're going to go 50-50. With your girl. <laughs> Nobody really cares that much. If you're going to do it, do it. Um, I haven't really seen high-value man or woman um, since 2022, which I'm very grateful for. Sorry, I hope that stays exactly where, where it's at. Yeah, so I, I hope that all stays exactly where it's at. But definitely, pranking videos got to stop. These 50-50 conversations got to stop because at the end of the day, people, re- I think people really think that Twitter is like a direct mirror of real life. So yeah, you don't have a you'll have a tweet go viral about oh my husband is he owns a hospital so there is no 50-50. Well of course if your husband has that much money he's probably not asking you to contribute your little secretary job Sarah. You're <laughs> you're able to do whatever you want to do. You feel me? Or vice versa or my wife does this that and the third she's a she's a doctor and a professor so she takes care. Well yeah that makes a lot of sense Robert. She makes a lot of money. She's with you for you. She doesn't care about your money. 
So nobody cares about you guys is 40, 60 or how, whatever you want to <laughs> divide it. Whatever your situation is as a as a couple, that's what it is. So, you know, like y'all know. Advice. Yeah, yeah, yes. TikTok advice. <laughs> yeah, basically. And so then when somebody says. Yeah, like, he had a list. He was right. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm ranting. I'm sorry. But when. Yeah. When so when somebody when, when like when people like so for example uh, as of right now Damson Idris is dating Lori Harvey right oh, so yeah. he posted a picture that, no this it's really not I about them he, he 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 posted he posted a picture of her I think on his story and it was it was something funny it was like a Photoshop picture of they had in like African garb like at a wedding or something like that and it made its way to Twitter as it always does oh this nigga is such a this and such a that. And then somebody was like, <laughs> and somebody was like, why? Like, since when is it lame to be happy that you're in a relationship? I think it was somebody was like, why are straight people so against um showing off your your significant other? And it's like when you think about it, social media is so like warped in such a weird way. You can't brag on your spouse. You can't brag about your job. You can't. People have to. So if you get it, say you ain't had a car in thirty years. You've been grinding away for a car. And the first car you able to get, little 2005, whatever, whatever, people always got to put in the caption, oh, it's not enough, but it's what I was able to afford. Nigga, show off your car. Be, right. proud, <laughs> be proud of your accomplishment. But social media got people so warped that you got to put a caveat in front of everything. I was telling, um, I was at an open mic and a younger guy, I don't know how much younger he is than me, but he, he was trying to do a piece and he kept, oh, well, you know, it's not completely done. And I told him afterwards, I'm like, bro, stop undermining your ability by letting everybody know that it's not done. Because the, the moment you go up there and say, oh, yeah, it's not complete, but this, that, and third. Now, in my mind, you finna come to me with some half-ridden garbage. You, and like lost like, you lost all the confidence. And what he was saying was fire. And it's like, bro, why would you even do that to yourself? And I right. told him, I'm like, bro, stop undermining your ability. <clears throat> Excuse me. And just do your work. But... I think I'm done. I need some more. <laughs> you got in the tank. You needed to let that all out. <laughs> <laughs> Had to drink water. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, this won't get left, but uh, definitely the clout. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it won't right get left. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's here to stay, but, but hopefully, like, those videos where people are just uh, recording random shenanigans, recording strangers without their acknowledgement for clout. That one always gets me. We're like the strangers, like a hundred feet away, and you're recording them for no reason just because they're doing something funny. Two, my biggest one, recording a random girl or a random guy and being Twitter, do your thing, TikTok, do your thing. It's like you're standing ten feet away oh from them. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It adds for the number. Or <laughs> when they're like, "Oh, I was just uh, I was just uh, met this girl at the mall or at the club or uh, at the airport or wherever, et cetera, et cetera. We had a two hour long conversation while we waited for our flight, but I forgot to ask for a number. It's that's your fault at that like, point. Like, like, what do you yeah, want me to You fumbled. You fumbled, my dog. You this, had this two hours. hours <laughs> yeah. So that needs to stay in 2022 because I'm not helping anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the big one for me is the as a man, should you conversation <laughs> those need to get up out of here <laughs> uh, yeah i feel like at this point michael jordan i think all discussions about oh mike was i think that needs to go i think we nah, just need never. To, never i think that. we just need to focus on like the current nba like because it, get, it gets a little repetitive but it's like oh how dare you I, like uh like okay we get it we get yeah. it we understand you know what i'll i'll give you credit for that because there's a, uh, I think me, and, I think Zoo's also in it. The Bulls like Facebook group chat uh, that I'm in, like basically every other post is like a diss on LeBron because yeah. Mike did. And it's like, bro, LeBron ain't said nothing about Mike in like five years. Like, leave, <laughs> like, stop, stop, leave it alone, bro. Like, it, it, it's yeah, I'll give you that, I'll give you that, but it won't happen because niggas still bring niggas still bring up Kareem in arguments. Wait, no, Kareem's about to be. That's about to end this season. Ain't gonna be no more talk. You know what? I'm not. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like until the, <laughs> you might be right because he, he not no. He's because all relevant. Because honestly, nobody really talked about Kareem to begin with until it got like really like oh until this nigga he, this nigga might actually pass his 
His all-time record. The only time you hear Kareem get brought up is to discredit LeBron. If you put LeBron at number one, you how about Kareem? He got six in it. No, Kareem is out of here. Get mm-hmm. out of here, bro. You are done after LeBron skyhooks his way. <laughs> he better skyhook. He, he has to skyhook. Sky got to. I he think somebody to. said, somebody did the math, and they was like, he's probably going to uh, pass it in Milwaukee, which is where Kareem was at first before he went to L.A. Yeah, he's going to do it all over Giannis. Man, That's all he's going to He's going to get 40 points on Giannis. That's correct. All time, number one, bro. All time. Uh, last one is the the men, uh, also the men gay thing on Twitter. Like apparently, oh, yeah. yeah, like men, you're gay if you eat Italian beef. If you eat gyros, you're a homosexual. Slice uh, yeah. <laughs> of pizza. Being like, called like, sassy and zesty and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that that's another one. If a man, uh, a man, because my thing is, like everybody is so pro LGBTQ until somebody does something you don't like. Now it's, oh, well, he must be gay if he's this, that, and the third. It's like, no, where was that support you just had 12 <laughs> posts ago about the about the community? And now all of a sudden, because you upset at me because I may have called you out on something, oh, it's real gay for you to have an opinion on me. Wait a minute. I Wait think a it's minute. sassy a man uses Spotify. Get an Excuse ice cream. <laughs> oh, man, nah. Yeah, so that's a big one. That's actually a really good one. That, that's a good one to close out on. Stop, yeah. stop, stop weaponizing the alphabet community when it's convenient to you to a single person like yes. that's just instance like, yeah no. like no stop doing that choose your battles <laughs> fire nation let us know what needs to get left in 2022 uh let us know some of your societal pet peeves let us know some stuff about maybe minority writers that you want to see either start or stop happening all right let us know we thank y'all for tuning in to yet another exhilarating installment of the friendly fire podcast you have any questions comments concerns you want to comment about the conversations we had today you can at us at friendly underscore fire on ig or friendly fire on tiktok once again friendly underscore fire on ig and friendly fire on tiktok artists send your artwork your mp3s to friendlyfire2021 at gmail.com once again friendlyfire2021 at gmail.com if it's music and we like it it goes on at the end of our podcast if it's artwork and we like it it goes on that big blue beautiful wall behind g baby as simple as that on behalf of my brothers i am rico g baby zoo friendly fire be blessed peace bye rihanna